Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes, folks, it is the hot Scott, ladies and gentlemen, of my Bonnie coming home to me, however, oh, lassie, if you will, and how fitting it is we play that for you tonight, however, and what is going to be a very bittersweet and a very heartwarming but also an emotional night here at Wrestling Revisited. one 605 Call ID 139926. You can join us right now, however, for the next 45 minutes as I am your host, the Iceman, Jared DiGiromo. We are expecting the human suplex machine, John Gross, online with us, along with King NWO, Gerard T. Smith, here in just a little bit. And we welcome you to the Wrestling Revisited show for a Tuesday night, ladies and gentlemen, July 31st, 2018. It was three years ago today, ladies and gentlemen, that we were all stunned and shocked and surprised to hear the news, however, that we lost one of the greats, however. One of the all-time guys, however, who always liked to talk and basically stir up trouble wherever he went, however. Whether you loved him or hated him, it didn't really matter, however. He always found a way to basically just become one of the true icons of the sport that is professional wrestling. Roderick Toombs, better known to you all as Roddy Piper, of course, wrestled for a long time. From the early 70s until the 90s, however, he was one of those guys you always grew up watching. I remember the first time I watched Piper, however, was the moment that we're going to pick out for you tonight and the moment that we have done before here on the Wrestling Revisited show. And we'll talk about it here and now. And that date, of course, was significant. Sunday, March 31st, 1985. And on that day, ladies and gentlemen, in the Big Apple of Madison Square Garden, ladies and gentlemen, in New York City, New York, however, in front of 20,000 people and a million and a half more watching worldwide on closed-circuit television, however, Vince McMahon, Hulk Hogan, and Roddy Piper took the biggest gamble of their lives at this time, however, by introducing a new element to professional wrestling and to the World Wrestling Federation, known as the granddaddy of them all, WrestleMania. And on this night, it was quite interesting, to say the least. 
Here is the list of champions going into that show. Hulk Hogan, of course, the previous January had shocked the world by showing back up in the WWF after being away from the company for a few years by wrestling in Vern Gagne's American Wrestling Association territory in Minnesota and taking away the heavyweight championship belt away from the Iron Sheik, who only one month before that, however, had won the championship from the all-American good guy, Bob Backlund, after Backlund had held the title for six years. Greg the Hammer Valentine, meanwhile, had been the IC champion since surprising everyone with the IC title victory that he had won against Tito Santana up in Ontario, Canada, believe it or not, the previous September. Early in January of 1985, however, Mike Rotundo and Barry Windham won the WWF Tag Team Championship belts from the North-South Connection known as Adorable Adrian Adonis and Dirty Dick Murdoch, who were not even on this show, surprisingly. And your woman's champion, however, was Lalane Kai, who had won the championship belt despite some controversy, however, only the previous month, however, in Madison Square Garden with her teacher, the fabulous Moolah, against the current champion, Wendy Richter. But would Wendy Richter, Cindy Lauper, and company, however, have a surprise for Moolah and company? Well, we'll tell you about it here as we go along here on this show. A quick reminder, ladies and gentlemen, coming up tonight on Wrestling Revolution at 9 o'clock, our 138055 caller ID number, by the way, however, we will be talking more about the memories and the great things that we got to see over the years of the Hot Scott. From his battle with Greg Valentine, to Ric Flair, to adorable Adrian Adonis, to his battles with Mr. T, and other stories, however, that made us laugh, cry, and just put a smile on our face, however. We'll share about it with the panel way too tough to handle. Mr. WCW, myself, the Heartbreak Kid, the Human Suplex Machine, the Last Kicker, the Black Widow, the King of Kings, GTS, the JML Experience, the Big IQ, Jeff Tears, the JML Experience. We'll all be talking about it here tonight. So be sure to check that out at 9 o'clock after Gerard and I give you your news. And, of course, the Human Suplex Machine will supply the birthdays and dates for you as well. And, of course, as we said, we are expecting the Human Suplex Machine and the King of Kings here tonight on the Wrestling Revisit Show in just a few moments. So let's get into this right now and talk about the very first WrestleMania. Your announced team for the show, however, was a very unique one. Gorilla Monsoon, of course, and Jesse Ventura, who was pretty much winding down his career as a professional wrestler, despite the fact, however, he still was one of the top five heels in the company. Ventura had injured himself, however, just a few years before in a freak accident, however, and basically had his in-ring career slow down somewhat because of this. As a result, Gorilla and Jesse, over the course of the next 10 years, Howard, begin a unique friendship alliance, Howard, both on and off the air as commentator and color commentator, the same way that Gorilla would also join up with a very unique weasel, let's just say, who we would be seeing later on in the show, the great Bobby the Brain Heenan. Of course, Mean Gene Okerlund was also on this show, Howard, and was the voice of WrestleMania by starting it off at the National Anthem, and we also had backstage interviews from His Lordship, Lord Alfred Hayes, from Tuesday Night Titans, another show that Vince McMahon took a huge gamble on, however, for his WWE fan base, however, in the latter part of 1984, and was paying off pretty good in the process, however, by advertising his show twice a week, once on Tuesday nights, and then again on Friday nights, in case you missed the uh, Tuesday night show. Anyway, with that said... We had Mean Gene Oakland start us off with the Star Spangled Banner, and definitely the 20,000-plus fans were on their feet applauding him. And, of course, the famous quote by Gorilla Monsoon on this one was, Mean Gene sounded like Robert Goulet, and he had quite a set of pipes on him. 
course, we would see Robert Goulet five years later in Toronto, of course, at WrestleMania 6 in the Sky Dome in front of 68,000 people, however, the first time WrestleMania would ever be outside of North America in April of 1990. Anyway, speaking of Tito Santana, Santana was our first person out of the gate, however, here on this night, however, and as a result, however, he took on the masked man, the executioner, simply known as Playboy Buddy Rose, who in the early 80s, however, had a gimmick by wearing a mask, however. Of course, uh, Vince McMahon's uh, father gave the execution of Playboy Buddy Rose, who at the time had been working out in the Pacific Northwest of Don Owens Territory, or PNW, if you will, a chance to try to come in in early 1983 and get over as a heel. And for a while, he wasn't doing too bad. But by 1985, however, Rose was starting to lose steam, however, and uh, became lackluster in the ring. As a result, they tried to save uh, his career in the WWE by having him wear a masked mask across his face. That way people wouldn't know who he was, however, and he's simply calling himself the Execution. Of course, the Execution in the late 70s, however, had been a unique tag team that was built up by three unique guys. Big John Studd, Killer Kowalski, and the third man, however, that tried to terrorize the WWF, the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, if you will, however, in the mid to late 70s. But by the late 70s, however, the executions would fade out, however, as would pretty much the um, tag team itself, however. So on this night, however, the one executioner who decided to don the mask, however, none other than Playboy Buddy Rose, was trying to go after Tito Santana, who earlier in the year, however, had been injured by one particular wrestler. The man holding the IC belt, however, and had taken Santana's belt, however, the previous September. And that, of course, is Tito Santana. Jesse, of course, uh, always had a knack for calling Tito Chico, but on this night, however, he would not call him Chico. Instead, he just simply called him by his first name. That would change over the course of time. As a result, Santana, of course, fought a pretty good match against the uh, executioner, and at the end of the night, Howard came up with a unique finishing move, Howard, that was synonymous also with Greg Valentine and a lot of wrestlers. The figure four. As a result, Santana went in in just five minutes, Howard, and from there, Howard picked up his first ever victory at WrestleMania. As for Rose, Howard, it wouldn't be long before Rose would be finding himself out the door and out of the WWE altogether. He would return five years later, weak and flabby, however, and uh, try to uh, his career started once again, however, after doing an up-and-down yo-yo run in the AWA with Pretty Boy Doug Summers and Sister Sherry Martell. He did pretty well in that organization, but during his WWE days, however, he wasn't all that great. Except for a brief spurt here and there, however, he could have done just a little bit better, if you ask me. And overall, he tried to do a pretty good job here. Nevertheless, however, it was not to be on this day, however, and as a result, Santana picked up the victory here on this night. Up next, of course, was a very unique manager in himself and a very unique person, however, in the form of Jimmy Hart, and King Kong Bundy, if you will. Bundy, of course, had been wrestling down in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, in Jerry Jarrett's promotion, and also Fritz Von Erich's World Class Championship Wrestling Show uh, during this time. As a result, Bundy debuted just a few weeks before in the WWE and was paired with his former Memphis manager, Jimmy Hart, however, to make their first ever WrestleMania appearance. As a result, over the next six months, however, Jimmy Hart, however, collect a bunch of big guys that would uh, combat anyone in his army, whether it be King Kong Bundy, Bret Hart, Jim the Anvil Knight, Hart, Howard, among others. 
As a result, however, on this day, however, he would take on part-time jobber Special Delivery Jones, wrestling near his hometown based out of Philadelphia. Unfortunately, Bundy uh, didn't uh, take long, however, to make his statement and presence known on this show. As a result, Jones tried to come after uh, Bundy at the start of the bell, and considering the fact that he was outweighed by 250 pounds, as Bundy was a grotesque 460, and SD was only 240, you do the math. Go figure. Anyway, in the end, our special delivery hard definitely got delivered a special way, however, by getting squashed by the big behemoth from Atlantic City, New Jersey, and as a result, King Kong Bunny made short work of him in less than a quarter of a minute. And now I see on the line joining us here, ladies and gentlemen, is the human suplex machine, my raw tag team partner, ladies and gentlemen. Let's bring him in now, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. John Gross. John, welcome to Wrestling Revisited. And we can hear the big boss man music being played in the background as well. <laughs> Good choice there, John, and welcome to Wrestling Visit. We're talking about the first WrestleMania. We're already on the second match. We want to get your early take first off about WrestleMania 1 in honor of Roddy Piper tonight. We figured this would be a great one to do. We were talking, of course, about the first match moments ago. Tito Santana versus the Masked Man himself, Playboy Buddy Rose, who would later go on to the AWA, team up with Doug Summers and Sherry Martell. But on this day, he would be known as the Masked Man. Tito Santana, of course, picking up the win by the figure four inside of five minutes. Your thoughts about the opening of WrestleMania number one. What a way to kick off the show, I might add, to have Tito Santana be a, and the Executioner be a part of the inaugural first WrestleMania and Indeed. grow on to something big. Indeed, no question about it. And, of course, we had two great announcers also uh, giving us their insight, if you will, in the form of uh, Gorilla Monsoon, and, of course, wearing a pink tuxedo on this day. And uh, standing out on his own, how was the Hollywood uh, fashion plate, if you will? No, I'm not talking about Classy Freddie Blassie, although he was a part of this event that we'll talk about here in just a little bit. It was none other than Jesse the Body Ventura. We also had Mean Gene Okerlund, of course, do the national anthem. He was also our backstage correspondent throughout the afternoon. Also, we had Lord Alfred Hayes on the show. So WWE took a big risk, however, just like WCW did back in Starcade 83 by having four announcers. They had, I mean, Gordon Soley and Bob Carlos, your announced team. Tony Schiavone was doing the backstage interviews, and we also had Barbara Clearly in the crowd interview correspondence in 83. This time you had Vince Mc... Uh, you had uh, Gene Okerlund do backstage interviews. You had uh, Lord Alfred Hayes also getting walked by, however, by some of the wrestling talent there. But it was Gorilla and Jesse Ventura who had the action uh, called from ringside. Our next match, as we were just talking about, as you were coming on the line, of course, was the big behemoth from Atlantic City, New Jersey, King Kong Bundy versus Special Delivery Jones. And up in until uh, about 10 years ago, this was the quickest match recorded in WrestleMania history. Your thoughts about this one? Indeed it was. And of course, one, as we know, King Kong... Go ahead. One of the quickest of all time. <laughs> yes, it was. And of course, King Kong Bunny, as we said, had a... Have a good night. Uh, he had a very unique, uh, uh, like I said, Jimmy Hart had a big collection of guys at the time. Greg Valentine, Bundy, Jim the Anvil, Nightheart, Bret Hart, among others. However, he was starting to become a big name 
in the managing world, of course, uh, he had developed Bundy, of course, in Memphis, Tennessee, down there in Jerry Jarrett's promotion, if you will. And, of course, Jerry the King Lawler's promotion, if you will. So, uh, very unique uh, circumstances. And, as we said, how he managed later on Bret Hart and Jimmy and Lamite Hart. He would also manage uh, some other guys, including the Funk brothers, Terry and Dory Funk. He would also manage the greatest IC champion of them all time, as he proclaims to be, the Honky Tonk Man, the first cousin of one Jerry the King Lawler. And, of course, he also managed other guys, including Dino Bravo and, of course, the Nasty Boys. So Jimmy Hart was starting to come into his own in 1985. He was one of the most underrated managers up, up next to Bobby the Brain Heenan, Johnny Valiant, uh, Freddie Blassie, Mr. Fuji, if you will. But it wouldn't be long before he would become a big, big name in a big-time way. Uh, just a quick reminder, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow night, of course, we will be recapping Raw View on Revolution, 138055 pounds on. Of course, we'll have your birthdays and dates. Uh, Gerard T. Smith and I will have your news for you beginning at 9 p.m. 8 o'clock, of course, we'll have the wrestling debate table back open for discussion, 139925. Be sure to check that out. We will have a lot to talk about, including maybe what was a very interesting Monday Night Raw last night down there in, of all places, sunny Miami, a.k.a. Miami, Florida, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. But, of course, the fun begins at 6.30 with John, myself, Mr. WCW, and the rest of the gang with Outside the Ropes. We'll talk about the latest music, politics, movies, and sports, 141387. Be sure to check that out at 6.30 p.m. And who knows, we might have a trivia contest or two thrown out for you. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, is our third match of WrestleMania 1, ladies and gentlemen. It was Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, another guy who had become one of, uh, of another territory, the Mid-Atlantic Territory, if you will, just a few weeks before this, ladies and gentlemen, taking on the maniac, Matt Bourne, the son of tough Tony Bourne. He had also wrestled in the, Port- the Northwest uh, Territory of Don Owens Company. He, of course, would also be later known as Doink the Clown, if you want Big Josh in WCW. Sadly, we would lose him at a very young age, however, but Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, we know about his history and whatnot. Steamboat, of course, uh, was teaming up at the time with a very unique wrestler by the name of Superfly Jimmy Snooker, who, of course, would be making an impact on this show later in the evening. As a result, however, Steamboat, of course, the Dragon, had been in the company just a few weeks, and while he was teamed with uh, Snooker at the time, they formed a team called the South Pacific Connection because they were from the South Pacific, Steamboat from Hawaii, and, of course, Snooker, the man from the Fiji Islands. That being said, of course, Steamboat ends up picking up the win here in four and a half minutes against the Maniac, however, Matt Bourne. Despite the fact that Bourne said, however, he was going to try to extinguish the Dragon's Fire, he could not do so. Uh, it would be not until about eight years later we would see Bourne return to WrestleMania. But, John, uh, your thoughts about the Dragon uh, making an impact on the first WrestleMania, just like he had done just a few years before by teaming up with Jay Young, bud, against and Jack and Jerry And an impact it was, nonetheless. Yes, it was. And an yes, indeed. Go ahead. And an impact it was, nonetheless. Yep. And, of course, uh, Steamboat, of course, just a few months before this, however, had fought Tully Blanchard in Starcade 84. Uh, he would leave the Crockett's after eight years. He would not return to them until early 1989. But uh, Steamboat, of course, would become famous just a few years later by having one of the greatest, if not the greatest, IC title matchup at that time in WrestleMania history. But uh, Steamboat, of course, off to a very good start just a few weeks into his WWE first run, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. Although, this is going to surprise you, John. Him and Jay Youngblood actually teamed up once, however, at a house show in Madison Square Garden in early 1980. Yes, folks, this is very true. Right before they got a chance to go back to Mid-Atlantic Wrestling, Vince McMahon brought them in one night, however, to compete, however, at a house show in front of 20,000 people at the Garden. But, of course, three years later, Steamboat and Youngblood, of course, who would be the five-time, five-time, dare I say it again? Oh, yes, I will. Five-time 
NWA World Tag Team Champions, however, after defeating Jack and Jerry Briscoe, and of course taking all sorts of teams, including the Sergeant, Sergeant Slar, and Don Carnoodle, uh, among other teams, however, would definitely make a big impact on this night, however, by taking on the maniac Matt Bourne, who of course tried to one-up the Dragon, but unfortunately the Dragon, with his karate skills, if you will, was up to the fight and definitely chopped down the Maniac, despite the fact that the Maniac was trying to put out the Dragon's fire. Speaking of fire, John, here's another one, Howard, our next match, Howard. Hall of Famer, indeed, Howard, two Hall of Famers, the guys I know firsthand uh, coming from my neck of the woods of Pittsburgh, if you will, David San Martino, a guy who I went to elementary school with, and that's no joke. I actually went to elementary school with him, Howard, for a little bit, although I didn't get to know him very well, but I did know his father a good bit, Howard, the living legend Bruno San Martino, who we lost earlier this year, sadly, taking on Brutai. Brutus the Barber Beefcake, known to you at one time as Dizzy Boulder and the half-brother or cousin of Hulk Hogan, taking on a guy who was a friend of my father's and a guy I got to know a little bit through my father, John L. Sullivan, better known to you all as Luscious Johnny V, the man with the cigar, if you will. This was supposed to be a tag team match, but it got thrown out at the last minute. Vince wanted to see uh, Son against Young Protégé, but Bruno was watching his son's uh, back on this night. However, Johnny V was watching his uh, new future man's back, of course, known as Brutus the Barber Beefcake. This ended in a double DQ, but nevertheless, a lot of people said this was one of the few disappointments about WrestleMania 1, and I kind of agree, but not really. I still thought it was okay for what it was. John, let's get your thoughts about the San Martino Beefcake match now. Oh, good matchup. Uh, sad that didn't end up in a uh, win. No. But do you think, however, had it not been for uh, the one-on-one match, they should have made this a tag match? Because, I mean, there was talk going a few weeks before this event even occurred, however, they wanted to make this actually a tag match. But Vince at the last minute decided to pull it off and say, Bruno, you're going to manage your son, and Valiant, you're going to manage your young protege who had just made his debut a few months before in Brutus Beefcake. Do you think they could have gone with a tag match, or do you think this was the right call? I think this may have been a tag match. I would agree. I would definitely agree. Good point, Dave. Thank you very much, there, John. Uh, just a quick reminder, ladies and gentlemen, that coming up this Monday, join John, myself, Fonzie, the Heartbreak Inn, and the rest of the gang in the panel, Way Too Tough Handle, with Raw Radio, with episode number 152, ladies and gentlemen. This week, we'll talk about our favorite moments in SummerSlam history, and of course, we'll give you our memories and uh, thoughts, and we'll also give you our Raw ratings and predictions as well. And by the way, John, I can tell you right now, the Raw rating for this week was pretty good. I just saw it moments ago as you were coming on the line. They scored an even two this week. Yes, folks, I 2.0, despite a very mixed bag during the course of the show last night. Well, talking about Jimmy Hart, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go back to Jimmy Hart again as he made his second and last appearance on this memorable show, ladies and gentlemen, bringing the current IC champion. Hey, for the raw weight rating, it's yeah. about time they got a 2.0. Yeah, I agree. I would agree. Uh, anyway, uh, we were talking about Jimmy Hart, of course. Uh, Moments ago, of course, he brought the current IC champion, the man who just two years before had been in a brutal dog collar matchup at the hot. And it took number one in viewership as well in the 18 and 49. Yes. Demographic. Yes, from last night. Very good points on. Yes, you're right. And, of course, we were just talking about this man just moments ago, Greg the Hammer Valentine, ladies and gentlemen, taking on the JYD, Big Daddy Ritter, if you will, the man who always liked to chew on a bone and always had to like that. Whenever he wanted to please his fans, however, the Big Daddy Ritter, he was called that, however, but he was known as also one other person. 
J-Y-D. Yes, folks, coming up on Mid-South. If you, the man who likes to grab them cakes and, of course, doing another one bites the dust tower. Yes, folks, it was the dog looking to basically take a bite out of the hammer and not get uh, taken out and hammered down to the Madison Square Garden floor. Unfortunately, Valentine won this matchup by uh, crook, however, rather than hook. But Tito Santana told the referee, however, that Valentine cheated. And when, of course, Jimmy Hart and Valentine pleaded to the referee that they did not cheat, let's just say uh, Dog and uh, Santana took one up on Jimmy Hart and Valentine and, uh, let's just say, made uh, short work of them as they told them, however, that either they get back in the ring and restart the match or face out being... uh, Let's just say suffering a setback, even though the title wouldn't change hands. And, well, guess what? The latter was pretty much there. As a result, like I said, Valentine did win the match, but he did not win the war, however, as the match did get restarted. This time, JYD won the match by a reversal decision, despite the anger of Valentine and Jimmy Hart. Your thoughts about this IC title match between Valentine and JYD? In my honest opinion, they should have changed the title change in hands. They were about to. I remember they were about to, but of course we would not see the title change hands until later on in 85 when Valentine and Santana would continue their war with each other. And of course one of the most brutalist matches of 1985, I can never recall seeing these two fight, however, was the infamous steel cage brawl in Baltimore. I think it was sometime right after the 4th of July that year. Santana, of course, would hold the title for the better part of the next uh, year or so in regaining it for a second time, however, after winning the title originally, however, from another Hall of Famer, the original Rock, Don Morocco, who, of course, was supposed to be on the show along with some other people, but unfortunately, because uh, some of these people were in other territories or some people that just were on their way out of WWE, they did not get put on this show. Speaking of uh, Hall of Famers, John, we're going to go to a great uh, two bunch of Hall of Famers here once again. This time, the WWF Tag Team Champions, if you will, the U.S. Express, who we talked about winning the titles, of course, from Dirty Dick Murdoch and Adrian Adonis in January, of course, in Providence, Rhode Island, on TV with their manager, Captain Louis Alpano. Thank you for the honk there. And I think we're hearing some honking in the background there, ladies and gentlemen, so bear with us. Taking on everyone's favorite uh, hateful... Uh, international duo of uh, Sheiky Baby. Yes, folks, the Iron Sheik, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, a guy who we uh, have seen much of over the years, Howard, and a guy who sadly we lost just this past Sunday, Howard, one of the most unique, charismatic Russians of all time, the man who always found a way to get heat wherever he went, ladies and gentlemen, Howard. Like I said, Howard, like I said, however, it was none other than Nikolai Volkov, of course, as we talked about Nikolai, of course, just yesterday on Raw Radio. Sadly, we lost him this past Sunday at the age of 70, of course, due to dehydration. Our thoughts and prayers are certainly with the Volkov friends and family and colleagues tonight, however. And last night, I know in WWE Raw, however, they did not mention one thing about Volkov, however, whatsoever, which really ticked me off. But that's beside the point. Volkov was a very unique Russian, of course, back in the day, uh, of course, winning the WWF international tag team titles, if you will. And then, of course, he would go on to uh, win uh, some other big titles during the course of his career. He would also have a feud with, of course, Bruno San Martino. But, John, on this night, however, the Sheik and Volkov were with the man with the cane, however, the man who took Hulk Hogan under his wing when Hulk Hogan made his debut, if you will. Classy Freddie Blassie. Thanks to Blassie and, of course, the Iron Sheik, Volkov and company got the win over the U.S. Express an hour. This was the first title change in WrestleMania history, however, despite 
hate the people pleading hard to the referee that the match should not have ended that way, but unfortunately it's too little too late. The referee saw it, and as a result, the U.S. Express got counted out. The Iranian, the Russian win here, much to the heat of the fans, that definitely let the Sheik and Volkov know. Your thoughts about this one? Oh, Sheik and Volkov, what a terrorist dream that would happen. Yes, it was, and like I said, it's unfortunate that we've lost the uh, big Russian at this time. Of course, last year we lost another Russian man in the form of a Russian bear, big Ivan Kolov, the man who in 1971, ladies and gentlemen, in January of that year, won the WWF title from Bruno San Martino, only to drop it three weeks later to Pedro Morales. But yep. uh, overall, your thoughts about great. the very first... Your uh, thoughts about the very first uh, title switch in WrestleMania history with these two beating U.S. Express? That wouldn't be the first time we would see those titles hang on for long. Exactly, I agree. And, of course, we would, it wouldn't be long before that Sheik and Volkov, of course, would uh, drop those titles back to the U.S. Express. It would be a few months later. But over the next few months, these four would have some great battles, including a memorable match, of course, on Saturday night's main event that saw Ricky Steamboat team up with them and George the Animal Steel team up with Sheik and Volkov. Meanwhile, speaking of big men, Howard, let's talk about some big men here. And again, we're going to all the famous Howard, and it's only fitting we do it here. Andre the Giant, the big seven foot four, four hundred seventy five pound monster, taking on a guy who came from my neck of the woods, but was uh, originally from L.A. As they build him as six foot nine, six foot nine and a quarter, six ten, sixty five pounder, big John Stud, if you will. And of course, Bobby the Brain Weasel Heenan was in his corners. The Heenan family started to come into their own. It wouldn't be long before Heenan would have some big guys to join his group, including Stud, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, King Kong Bundy, Andre, just to list a few. But on this night, Andre was still a fan favorite, and as a result, it was a 15 grand body slam slash retirement match, and this is what it was. If Andre could slam Stud, however, he would win 15 grand. If he couldn't, he would be forced to retire after 10 years of being in the business. In the end, Let's just say the giant tower who had a heart of gold and yet also had some personal uh, issues outside of the ring with uh, issues we all know. Some of them good, some of them not so good. As a result, the big man from Grenoble, France, beat the man from La La Land, if you will, and, of course, that little weasel, if you will, Bobby the Brain Heenan, who, of course, we talked about many times over on this show and all of our shows, Howard, and won 15 grand and kept his career going for a little longer and as a result, was the big winner here. John, your thoughts about Andre and Stud for the 15 grand slash retirement match here at the Garden? Well, I could say this. One of the greatest WrestleMania matchups between these two. Two super heavyweights. Yes, two super heavyweights indeed. And, of course, it would be the following year. We would see these two uh, clash again, only this time, however. Stud was eliminated by William the Refrigerator Pair in Chicago after Stud had eliminated him in the Battle World in Chicago. But Andre the Giant, of course, would win the Battle World and go on to face his friend and then uh, eventual, uh, let's just say, his former friend, if you will, as Bobby Heenan turned uh, Andre against his good friend Hulk Hogan, as we would all know it, a couple years after this. Speaking of Hall of Famers, the Hall of Fame list just keeps on coming, folks, Howard, and that's why WrestleMania is so awesome, however. Let's talk about it here. The women are up next, ladies and gentlemen, and here's who we got, Howard. It is Lalane Kai, Howard, with her protege, the fabulous Moolah, of course, taking on Wendy Richter 
with her good friends Cindy Lauper and David Wolf. We know the history behind that. However, it all started in late 1984 when Wolf and Lauper were honored Howard Madison Square Garden along with Victor, Hulk Hogan, and Mr. T. Roddy Piper crashed the ceremony, if you and we all know what happened there. In February, at the war to settle the score in front of 20,000 plus people, however, these two had had a match, Richter and Kai. Unfortunately, thanks to Moolah, however, Kai and Moolah pulled a fast one on Richter, Lauper, Wolf, and Hogan, and the rest of the MSG audience in front of 20,000 people. As a result, however, Richter lost her title and demanded a rematch and told Vince McMahon and the entire WWE that Kai and Moolah were nothing but no good, however, and as a result, demanded a return engagement while Kai and Moolah laughed it off. Well, two weeks before WrestleMania, the contract was signed, sealed, and delivered, however, and basically they told Wendy if she wanted another shot, however, mind you, however, we would definitely see what would happen, however, at WrestleMania. And as a result, however, they basically told Richter she would get one more shot, however, and if she did not make good on this opportunity, she would not get any future opportunities. Well, the big story here was girls want to have fun, however, and the girls definitely had a little bit of fun here, referring to Lopper and Richter and David Wolf. And in the end, however, let's just say, however, we saw what happened, however. And as a result, however, we definitely uh, saw what happened, however, mind you, however. And as a result, however, like I said, however, uh, let's see, however, uh, as a result, we saw what happened with uh, Richter and company winning. Your thoughts about this one? Uh, Richter winning the women's title over 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 fabulous Moolah. I mean, what a In surprise a victory! It was a surprise yes. victory nonetheless. Yes, indeed. And we can tell you right now we are getting an update from SmackDown Live right now down in Tampa, Florida, at the Emil Arena. Earlier tonight, we understand that that Jersey no good trash talking gun swing. Hobag Carmella tried to take a cheap shot on my girl Becky Lynch. Charlotte Flair has returned, ladies and gentlemen, and we could see a tag match tonight, or maybe a three-way dance. However, possibly at uh, Russell, or excuse me, SummerSlam. There's been talk, however, that they might do it. Uh, we understand Charlotte did take care of Carmella tonight with a kick, however, and a suplex or a suplex, whatever you want to call it, and then helped her good friend Becky to her feet. Whether or not those three will get it on tonight later on SmackDown, we'll have to wait and see, but we do know that there are two matches listed for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Samoa Joe will be confronting AJ Styles. These two will get it on in three weeks in Brooklyn for the championship as the contract was signed, sealed, and delivered last week, as we know, in Evansville, Indiana. Jeff Hardy will confront Randy Orton. And in tag team competition, ladies and gentlemen, Jimmy and Jay Uso, yes, folks, the boys of the Uso penitentiary, if you will, will take on the returning of Shazam. Sheamus and Cesaro, yes, folks, Sheamus and Cesaro are back after a three and a half, a four month layoff, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. And they hope to punch their ticket one step closer to getting back what was once theirs, folks. And as they hope to set the bar by moving on to the semifinals of the tag team tournament that was chosen by GM Page one week ago. So we'll see what happens tonight, but we'll be getting updates throughout the evening. How are what's going on down there in Tampa? Of course, if we hear anything else, we'll be sure to pass along to you on the Revolution Show. Begin it in just a little while. And now, John, and also Lana taking on the Lena Vega too. That's right. I forgot about that. Thank you, John. John was just telling us also, yes, folks, we have one more match listed, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, folks, in case you did not hear what John just said, it will be the long-legged, ravishing Russian herself, Lana. Mrs. Rusev, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, taking on Selena Vega, the manager of Andrea Sin Almas, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, the former NXT World Champion in one-on-one competition as Selena will be making her in-ring WWE debut tonight against the ravishing Russian Lana. That'll be very interesting to watch. Thank you very much, John. Yes, I did forget that. 
And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the main event. Dun, 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 dun. And yes, here we go, folks. It was the Rock and Wrestling Connection Part 2, if you will. Hulk Hogan, the current champion, going into battle, ladies and gentlemen, at the age of 31, teaming up with his good friend, Mr. T. However, of course, with their good friend, Jimmy Superfly Snooker, taking on Mr. Wonderful, Hulk Hogan's former one-time boyhood friend, however, and now somewhat bitter enemy, Mr. Wonderful, of course, and of course, the arrogant Hot Scott, if you will, who tried to embarrass T and Hogan, however, the month before, and of course, set up this matchup at the war to settle the score, ladies and with their friend, Cowboy Ace Bob Orton in their corner. We had some surprises in this, ladies and The guest ring announcer, of course, was former New York Yankees manager, Billy Martin. The guest referee, both in and out of the ring, was former WWE IC champion and soon-to-be Vince McMahon stooge down the road, Pat Patterson, as well as the great Muhammad Ali. The guest timekeeper, of course, was Liberace. We had the uh, Rockettes of Radio City Music Hall. It was definitely a happening on this night, however, it definitely felt like Hollywood had definitely come full-blown circle and the whole sports entertainment and, for that matter, the wrestling world came, basically, rised up as one, however, in more ways than one. As a result, however, Hogan and company ended up picking up the win, however, Piper, of course, was not very happy at Orndorff after the matchup and tried to hit Patterson as he and Orndorff left Howard without Orndorff. Orndorff would turn face for a little while and team up with Hogan and Mr. T as well as being on his own, trying to deal with Roddy Piper's shenanigans after what happened here. But he would see the light, Howard, and once again, Howard would go back to being a little bit of a heel thanks to Bobby the Brain Heenan in early 1986, Howard. As a result, we would see what would happen here in this night. Hogan and T picked up the win against uh, Piper and Orndorff to close out the first WrestleMania. John, your thoughts about the main event here at WrestleMania number one. Oh, man, you couldn't have asked for a better tag team main event matchup. One of the best. Indeed. And when you talk about Hall of Famers, however, you have three of them in there, however. And you add also Pat Patterson. You add a couple. I mean, it's a shame that, uh, like I said, Patterson has not been recognized yet, I don't think. But he will be recognized, I think, down the road at some point. Uh, You recognize Muhammad Ali. You recognize Liberace. And, of course, like I said, you had that big fight feel, Howard, that definitely gave the 20,000 people in the garden, 1.2 million or whatever it was, Howard, watching on closed-circuit TV, just chills up their spine and a smile on their face and maybe a tear in their eye. But, nevertheless, it was quite an event, Howard, at WrestleMania. So there you go, folks, our thoughts about WrestleMania 1. Once again, Howard, uh, John, on a scale of 1 to 10, I have got to ask you, what do you give this one? I give this almost a 2.5, close to a 9. A 9. 9. What was you, you give it a 9, too? Yeah. Okay. So uh, there you go, folks, our thoughts about WrestleMania number 1. Let's give you the number one more time, 605-562-0444-139926 pound. The human suplex machine, of course, the Iceman here on Wrestling Revisited. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we also want to remind you that tonight on 205 Live, ladies and gentlemen, however, Cedric Alexander will be taking on the Brian Kendrick Howard in a non-title matchup. We understand that Alexander will be taking on uh, the Enzo Amore Moray train, however, formerly Drew Pepperjack. Good luck for that Cruiserweight title possibly coming up, ladies and gentlemen, however, in just three weeks in Brooklyn. Also, ladies and gentlemen, two, a week from tomorrow, the May Young Classic will start in Orlando, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, however, and some of the names that are going to be competing include Mercedes Martinez, Killer Kelly, Crystal, 
Isoladon, Lacey Lane, Howard, Rhea Ripley, Io Sheree. We talked about her before. Nicole Matthews, Ginny, Tegan Knox. However, Diana Peruso. We talked about her too. Karen Q, Tony Storm, Ashley Rain, who is Madison Rain, believe it or not, John, if you can believe that, however, believe it or not, that's going to be interesting, Priscilla Kelly, and of course, the artist formerly known as Caitlin, aka Celeste Bonin, however, if you will. So folks, that tournament gets underway a week from tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, as well as a week from Thursday, the second night of the tournament. Folks, get ready for some action, full sail, however, it's going to be a lot of fun, ladies and gentlemen. And, of course, as you know, the big announcement coming up on Sunday, October 28th, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever, it'll be an all-women's pay-per-view live from the Nassau County Coliseum in Long Island, New York. Tickets will go on sale, I believe, either this Friday or this Saturday, ladies and gentlemen. If you're in the Long Island area and are attending the show, we would like to hear from you, and we'd like to know uh, what you think of the big announcement that Stephanie McMahon gave the WWE Universe and the general public to everyone last Monday night in Cincinnati with this announcement. Uh, also, ladies and gentlemen, of course, who could forget, last week we saw a new NXT World Champion, the man from Amsterdam, if you will, Alster, I like to paint it black up and down, left and right, side to side, if you will, will be taking on the Sicilian stretching man himself, the new NXT World Champion, Tommaso Chiappa, if you will, however, and also his former good friend of DIY, Johnny Gargano, the Johnny... Wrestling of WWE, NXT, Rocky Balboa, Universe, if you will. These three will get it on in three weeks at TakeOver 4, ladies and gentlemen, at the Barclays Center. I mean, we know that one is coming up, Howard. We also know there will be a returning agent, Mustache Mountain, Trent Bate, and Tyler Seven, or Tyler Bate, and Trent Seven, if you will, looking to try to get back once was their property, taking on the duo of uh, the Vel- uh, Adam Cole's uh, henchmen, if you will, Roderick Strong, and of course, uh, Kyle O'Reilly. And I believe we have another guest joining us on the line, ladies and gentlemen, unless that's John Humming. Uh, I don't think we do. But uh, that is just some of the matches we will see. Also, ladies and gentlemen, it will be the Ricochet taking on EC3. Shayna Baszler will be taking on Kari Sane, ladies and gentlemen, however, in Brooklyn. Of course, we will talk more about that in two weeks, ladies and gentlemen, with TakeOver 4. But again, three weeks from this Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, the fight field will be set in Brooklyn, New York. John, I can hardly wait for TakeOver 4. The first three have been brilliant. What does TakeOver 4 hold for us this year in Brooklyn? It should be awesome. And when you got three good guys, however, who are going at it for the title, can Johnny Gargano, who has had an unbelievable season this year by beating the best in Andre Almas mm-hmm. and his former DIY mate, finally pull off the Rocky Balboa feel-good moment of the year? Can he finally capture the NXT title? Can he become the 15th champion? Chiapas the 14th, but can Gargano be lucky number 15 and say, this is my time, finally I wanted this prize all along, and it's now mine. Or if not... Can Chiapa retain, or can Black find a way to get it back? What's going to happen there? I think Gargano wins. I do, too. I do, too. I think Gargano's passed overdue. I mean, he's had a great year. He's had some great matches, like I said, with Chiapa. If you did not see any of those matches in New Orleans and Chicago, check it out on the WWE Network. And if you did not see the match he had in early this year with Almas in Philadelphia back the night before the Royal Rumble, that is another one you definitely want to check out. 
So there you go, folks. A lot to talk about. Of course, tomorrow night we will continue uh, a lot to talk about tomorrow night. Of course, we'll talk about Monday Night Raw, and we'll get John's word, uh, a couple words in with John here real quick before we cut him loose for the night as he will be getting our, ready for our birthdays and dates here on the Revolution Show. Uh, John, uh, just a quick word or two. Uh, what stood out for you last night down there in Miami other than Brock Lesnar trying to hold the show hostage? I mean, what match or matches really uh, were impressing you last night and one that did not impress you because for me I mean I like the Finn uh, Corbin match even though it was a cheesy ending and I thought the Rollins McIntyre rematch was good until the cheesy ending too but what matches were good for you last night which ones were not good for you um the Rollins McIntyre match was good yes I would agree there Corbin Balor did okay yep considering they went almost over 20 minutes I would agree there yes yes indeed yeah and yeah. anyone, any other ones that uh, kind of disappointed you? Yeah. Okay. The confrontation okay. between Brock and Roman. Yes. Yes, I would agree. I would definitely. I agree. mean, if we had seen that, it would have been an all-out riot. Oh, I think it's coming. I do think it's coming. And uh, if you did not hear, John, and I will mention it now. I think I didn't tell you earlier, but Dave Meltzer is reporting, ladies and gentlemen, that there will be a confrontation eventually, however, and it could happen in two weeks, however, in Greensboro at the legendary Greensboro College team as uh, Brock and uh, Paul Heyman have been booked for that show. Uh, John, if you want to give out something real quick, like a quick uh, shout-out or plug, go right ahead. I'll be back in a second. All right. I haven't done this in a while, so I'll do this. 1-605-562. 0444. That's the first time I've said it <laughs> on this show. But uh, if you all want to call, call in by the last minute, by all means. We'll be here for a while, but we're going to close up shop. Also, ladies and gentlemen, also a quick reminder, too. Also, a quick reminder, too. The MLB trade deadline is still continuing, folks. And also the human suplex, and also on a side note as well, the human suplex machine will not be available next coming Wednesday, August 8th, because the human suplex machine, yes, is going, going, well, not really back to D.C., but he's going to Jiffy Lou, which is, which is 40 miles east of D.C., near Manassas, Virginia, where John will see the favorite band live in Counting Crows. And also oh, on Wednesday... Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, um, you, and, you said you're going to be seeing the Counting Crows next week. Yep, and also on Wednesday, September the third, ladies and gentlemen, as well, the Nationals. I will be at the Nationals game as well against the Cardinals. Yes, and of course the Cardinals will be in Pittsburgh this weekend. Of course, the Pirates are playing Chicago as we speak right now. It is three three with the Cubs right now, as we have gotten an update from that. Of course, earlier today the Major League Baseball trade deadline did occur. Of course, John's boys were being talked about trading their All Star Bryce Harper, but unfortunately, yeah, John's breathing a sigh of relief as well as he should. He was not traded out. No, somebody blew sm- somebody blew smoke out of their truck and. 
Oh, I thought it was you were th- slowing bullets over and thinking uh, that Bryce Harper didn't get traded. But yes, folks, he did not get traded today. The Pirates did trade, however, one of their prospects, our Austin Meadows and pitcher Tyler Glass now to the Tampa Bay Devil Rays for Chris Archer. Uh, Archer making $6 million in change this year. Meadows, a big prospect for the Pirates' uh, uh, future a few years ago. And Glass now has been an up and down the last couple of years, however. Will be heading to Tampa. I understand they headed to Tampa this afternoon, just a few hours ago. While Archer is on his way into Pittsburgh tonight, however, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, and could be making his debut with the ball club either this weekend or early next week when they get on the road in Denver or San Francisco, as they will be playing the Rockies and Giants out there on this next road trip. But it has been a crazy day in Major League Baseball, as you can only imagine, with Major League Baseball training deadline day being today. Uh, another superstar talking about former ball players, Andrew McCutcheon. Was was not traded today, which was a surprise, but of course, the big story, of course, was, as I said, John's boy, at least for the time being, unless something happens in the next few weeks, however, will be staying out to finish out the year, however, and then I'm sure they'll be talking over the winter, however, to see if they can get a big long-term deal done, or if he'll be going elsewhere, and that, of course, is the big man himself, battling Bryce, the bash man, Harper. So we'll be definitely watching that very, very carefully, if you will. Uh, right now it's about 8.30, if you will. However, we still got a few minutes. Uh, John, do you want to talk about anything else? Uh, unless you uh, have to get going, then that's understandable. Uh, nope. All right, uh, but we will check back in with you in just a little bit. Uh, safe travels back to your home, and I know we will be hearing from you in just a little while. Because, uh, okay. like we said, folks, we are going to have a lot to talk about. I do want to thank you for coming on tonight, as always. And we will talk with you in just a little bit when we have our big special Hot Scott, Roddy, Roddy Piper. Okay, man. All right. All right. See you later. Catch you on the flip side. All right. Later. Bye. All right. The Human Suplex Machine, uh, John Gross, of course, now uh, checking out for the evening, ladies and gentlemen. We do want to thank him for joining us here for a little while. It was good to hear from him, as always. And, of course, we hope that you enjoyed our show here tonight here for Wrestling Revisited. Uh, of course, as we said, this coming Monday promised to be a good show. Of course, don't forget, Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, will be the Power Hour between 5 or 6 o'clock, 141364. We'll talk about the latest downloads and highlights of the past week. And then, of course, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, of course, Revolution will wrap up the week on Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, 139, excuse me, 138055 pound again at 9 o'clock. Uh, we will also have some news about another future show or two, however, that will be coming to the Talk Show Radio Network at some point later this week, however, probably this weekend. We don't know exactly was going to be called yet, how and when it will debut, but we hope to hear from Mr. WCW Chad Hinshaw about that in the coming days ahead or either sometime tonight, so be sure to check that out as well. Well then, since we got a few, pretty much nothing else to talk about, I'm going to close up shop for the evening, ladies and gentlemen. I do want to thank you all for listening in tonight, however, and we hope you enjoyed it, however, as well. So, folks, we will be back in the same time, same place next week with King NWO, George T. Smith, the Human Suplex Machine, and myself, how with another great moment in wrestling history. Don't forget, coming up here in about 25 minutes, Mr. WCW will be taking over the airwaves for the evening and taking into the late night hour, however, with his talk about the great hot Roddy Piper. We'll have a lot of memories and stories to talk about. It should be a great, but an emotional night at the same time. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with this show tonight. It's going to be a crazy night, however, to say tonight, at least two. But I think it was only and we started out the Roddy Piper tribute tonight, however, in a big-time way by talking about one of the greatest, if not the greatest event of them all, WrestleMania number one, a.k.a. I. 
Anyway, as we take you out for the evening here, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a little bit of fun with our closing theme tonight. It is from the 1983 funny comedy DC Cab, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, starring Mr. T, if you will, along with Irene Cara, however, and also uh, former uh, Barney Miller superstar Max Scale, if you will. So uh, as we take you out for the evening here, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a little fun with our song tonight, ladies and gentlemen, How. Like I said, I think it's only fair we enjoy this song. However, we'll play this song for you. It is none other than the song DC Cab, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, however, by Peebo Bryson. So, folks, we're going to jam on out of here for the evening. We'll talk to you on the flip side next Tuesday night, same time, same location, 7 p.m. The caller ID is the same, 139926-POUND. And, of course, the number is 1-605-562-0444. So, folks, there you have it, folks. We will definitely talk to you soon, however. And uh, we hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. Enjoy the rest of your week, too. Uh, Be safe. Be careful out there, whatever you're doing, however. And, of course, uh, we'll talk to you very soon. So now, ladies and gentlemen, we take you out for the evening with a little DC Cab song, however, from Peebo Bryce from 1983, and we will talk to you soon. So for the Human Suplex Machine, this is the Iceman, Jared D. Jones, saying so long from ringside, and we will talk to you soon. Have a good night, everyone. Be safe. And as always... God bless. And now, here's Peebo Bryson with DC Cab. Yeah.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.